Welcome to the Rise Station podcast. I'm your host, Pernella Harris, a licensed mental health therapist, bringing you practical wellness tips to improve your mental well-being. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to get notified weekly when a new episode is available. You can also connect with us on Instagram at Restorative Family. So I thought it would be fitting to go over some key identifiers of manipulation tactics used by toxic people. Last week, I covered in episode 39, five key principles needed to maintain a healthy relationship. Please go back, check that episode out. That is episode 39. You know, with spring right around the corner, signifying rebirth, new connections, new growth, it's a great time to educate ourselves about toxic relationships, toxic manipulative tactics, so that we can attract healthier relationships and let go of toxic encounters with individuals. We want to, you know, start attracting healthier individuals on our healing journey. So we must educate ourselves. We must go on the offensive and educate ourselves so that we can prepare a great defensive strategy to protect ourselves against what I call toxic crusaders. Today's episode, we are discussing four common manipulative tactics to watch out for and how you can handle others who attempt to manipulate you. All right. But before we get into it, let's hear a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Restorative Family Services. We are a behavioral health practice. Our mission is to provide quality, affordable, and accessible mental health care to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. If you are struggling and in a dark place, we are here to help. Visit our website at www.restorativefamilyservices.com. This podcast is brought to you by Private Practice where we provide leadership training and practice management coaching specific to helping mental health professionals build their private practice to provide a much needed service for their community. Want to learn more? Visit our website at www.privatepractice.com. You know, most manipulators may or may not be aware that they are manipulative. Many individuals who are manipulative tend to lack appropriate boundaries and behave in their ego, in which their emotions, thoughts, and behaviors reinforce their self-importance, typically at the expense of others. You know, this might be something that they have gotten from childhood. Maybe they have insecurities that they're playing out. Maybe they've been hurt in past relationships, but most manipulators are very self-absorbed and and self-protective. So they're lacking the empathy needed in order to be in a healthy relationship because they're not thinking about anyone else's needs and wants. They're really thinking about how can I get my needs met? What can I do to get this other person to behave in a way that meets my needs? So the mindset is I have to get my needs met or win at all costs. So this is the mindset of a manipulator. You know, you can imagine just how difficult it would be to be in a relationship with someone who thinks like this. This does not only include romantic relationships, but it can be a parent child relationship, a friend, a family member. You know, it's just very self-absorbed and very egotistical. 
Toxic individuals who are looking to control others tend to use a set of tried and true strategies to get your victim to capitulate or acquiesce to their demands. You know, remember the mindset of someone who uses manipulation is that their needs, their wants, their desires are more important than anyone else's. They tend to use control tactics to get their desired outcome. Most people can tell when they're being manipulated by someone, when they feel a sense, an overwhelming sense of guilt and shame after an encounter with a manipulator. The manipulation feels like a betrayal of yourself because you have to go against or override what your core self is telling you you want and need in order to please a manipulator, okay? So I'm gonna go over four strategies, but there are, Many, many more that I teach in my boundary busting bootcamp that I offer through my practice. Um, but I selected four for our purposes here. Uh, more information on that group can be found on my website, www.restorativefamilyservices.com. Okay. But most manipulators, the reason that they manipulate others is they want to avoid accountability. They don't want to work on themselves. It's never their fault. Nothing is ever um, their fault. They never take ownership. You know, everyone would get along with them if they just did what they said. If everyone behaved the way they wanted them to, the world would be a perfect place. Uh, manipulators also manipulate because they're insecure, right? And so in order to balance the scales, I now have to bring other people down to my level uh, or below my level so that they can constantly pour into me. I have to tear them down. If they're confident, I have to knock them down in confidence. And I do that by playing my games because I'm insecure. So I need to either project that insecurity. I need to gaslight them. I need to do a whole bunch of different strategies to bring that person down a few levels. Other uh, reasons uh, manipulators manipulate, um, they have a sense of entitlement, you know, I am important. I am better than you. So I should be treated special. I am special. I have special gifts, special talents. So the world should cater to me. Feeling entitled. I'm entitled to your love. I'm entitled to your adoration. I'm entitled to your respect. I'm entitled. I don't have to give these things, but I should get them because I'm special. These are thoughts and mindsets of manipulators. All right. Other reasons is they lack empathy. So because they lack compassion and empathy for other people, it's, hey, again, this is my world. I need to get my needs met. I don't care about anybody else because I'm special. The other one is they're looking for a desired outcome. Okay. Maybe it's a certain promotion. Maybe it is a certain love interest. Maybe they want to dominate their partner. But these are some reasons manipulators manipulate. All right. So without further ado... I'm going to go ahead and get into these four manipulation tactics that you should look out for. And listen, when you know better, you do better. So now that you know this stuff, it is important that you keep a close eye so that you don't fall victim to someone's control tactics or manipulative tactics. All right. Remember, people who want to control you will use emotional manipulation. They will use these tactics if you are trying to set a boundary with them or you express um, your emotions to them. The goal of these tactics are to trigger you. They are to trigger you to cause 
you to doubt yourself, to cause an increase in your anxiety, depression, shame, guilt, and any other negative emotions you can think of. Okay, so number one is gaslighting. Now, the technique of gaslighting comes from a 1940s film, um, Gaslight. So back then in the 1940s, you know, the the home electricity was controlled by gaslight. So the husband will wait for his wife in this film. The husband will wait for the wife to go upstairs and then he would manipulate the gaslight to cause the lights to flicker or go off. And then every time the wife come down and say, oh, my God, did you see that? And he would deny that he saw that. So eventually he, you know, this happened over and over. She would come down and he would say, no, honey, I think you're going crazy. I think you might need to speak to someone. And she ended up going insane because he denied her reality. So when we think of gaslighting in today's terms as a manipulative tactic, it is really to undermine someone's reality. So let's say you set a boundary with your partner. You know what? I really didn't like you make it a joke at my expense in front of your friends. I felt really embarrassed by that. Your partner will gaslight you by saying, oh my God, you know, you're so sensitive. You're, you're overreacting that just no, everyone thinks that you are just so uptight. You really need to relax. And so that's denying how she feels. That is denying the partner's reality. She's trying to set a boundary on how she wants to be treated. And it's a no, something's wrong with you. You really need to change. Other uh, examples of gaslighting is no, you must be misremembering the way things happen. I didn't do it. I didn't say it. That didn't happen. You must be going crazy. See, I told you you were crazy. Everyone else thinks you're crazy. All your friends think that you have, you know, really high standards. So it gets people to start to doubt themselves, creates anxiety, depression, shame, guilt. All right. So that's gaslighting. Number two is help on a string. And this one is a little more subtle and you have to be very keen and perceptive to get this one because it doesn't happen in the same interaction. This one, this one is, is a little more challenging to observe. So this is help on a string is, um, think of, you know, there was a commercial that I absolutely loved, um, where there was an older gentleman who, I think it was an insurance, a car insurance commercial where there was an older gentleman and he had a dollar bill on a fishing pole and he, he would hold it out in front of, you know, um, another character. And it was funny because he would keep the dollar bill away. Like, Oh, you thought you got it. No, no, no. You thought you got it. That is what help on a string is like. It's when someone comes into your life and they're offering, you know, offering to help you. You know, they're seemingly very nice and helpful. And you're like, oh, my God, you know, this is great. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for helping me. But once they give you that help, it's like you've entered into this unspoken contract for them to get repayment on later at some point, whether it's helping you in hopes to get into your business. You know, sometimes if you're, you know, if you get help, they have more influence. Like if they're helping you with a project or they're helping you with your finances, then now they feel entitled to make decisions as to where you use the money and how you do this, but getting their foot in the door so that they can have more control. Or it's 
going to be used against you at some point. So they'll, they'll offer their help now. And then let's say they give you money to pay this bill. And the moment they want you to do something for them that you say, no, well, I'm always there for you. I pay your bills. You come to me for everything. And now you're feeling guilty. You're feeling doubtful and you feel like, okay, I need to give in because I'm going to need them. I feel indebted to them. I feel like they have to, but it's a manipulative tactic that is used quite effectively. Um, So beware of help on the string. Number three in our manipulative tactics that others will use to get you to kind of put down your boundaries is intimidation. So this happens when you try to speak up for yourself or you try to set a boundary and the person responds overwhelmingly with rage and uh, domination and they're, they're trying to intimidate you. And what this does is it invokes fear and it invokes a cause and effect. So if you have those moments and every time you want to bring up a boundary or you want to set a boundary and the person is rageful, they start throwing things, they get violent, then it makes you less likely to want to ruffle their feathers. It makes you less likely to want to stand up for yourself. And so now you don't bring up things, you don't have boundaries because you fear that they're going to explode or overreact. This is a very dangerous type of tactic. Um, So you definitely want to um, utilize safety when figuring out how to cope with that. Number four is derailment. Derailment is think of a train on the train tracks. You know, the train is going along just fine. Now, when that train gets off the track, it is called derailment. That train has derailed from its original course. And so derailment is a manipulative tactic where you're trying to set a boundary with someone. Hey, I don't like the way you treated me. I don't like the way you spoke to me early this morning. It was unprovoked. And they derail the conversation by saying, well, I'm under a lot of stress at work and you don't care about everything that is going on. I'm under a lot of pressure. It takes a lot for me to pay the bills in this household and you don't even ask how my day has gone. It's just all about you and okay. And so what happens now is you're confused You now feel guilty because, you you know, this person is, you know, derailing the conversation. They've taken you off course. The course was the way in which they treated you. But now they have derailed the conversation and made it about them. So now you in that conversation, if you're not educated on boundary setting, you in that conversation thinking you owe them an apology. And now you're apologizing and forget completely about the original issue that you were bringing up, which was the way in which they um, did not regulate their emotions. And so that's what derailment is. And so when you encounter any of these strategies, it's important to keep calm. I'm going to go over some ways to respond, but it is important to keep calm. And so one, educating yourself about what it looks like before you actually get into that environment will help you. And you can be an observer when it actually happens. Now, it does take some practice because we're, you know, used to reacting. But 
in order to overcome this, we're going to have to take a step back and respond rather than react. So we have to get our emotions under control. We have to be able to observe what is going on here and choose a different course of action. Choose not to be so reactive and knee jerk responses to this behavior, but respond from a place of peace, respond from a place of control. All right. So here's how you deal with manipulation. Okay. Number one, you have to emotionally detach. So you can't be triggered by these things that that is going on because that is the goal. The goal of the manipulator is to get you emotional. And guess what happens? You're not making the best decisions when you're emotional. So you have to detach from the emotion and think more logically. So take a deep breath, ask for a timeout, whatever you need to do, ask to go to the bathroom, you know, get yourself under control and then come back and, re- and deal with the, the issue. All right, so number one is emotionally detach. Do not become reactive. Do your best to remain calm. Even if there's a party going on in the inside, look the part. Try to, you know, speak slower. Try to breathe during what it is that you're saying. Slow down your rate of speech um, so that you can appear to be calm. With more practice, I promise this gets easier. All right. Number two, do not chase the discussion. Okay, so they're going to throw out a lot of provocative things at you. They're going to throw out a lot of accusations or things that they want, like bait. You think of it as bait. They're going to throw out bait that has nothing to do with the original issue because the purpose is to get you get a rise out of you emotionally. So don't chase the discussion. Stay focused on what it is that you came to address and the boundary. Okay. do not take the bait and become defensive or try to convince them of your perspective. That's what they want you to do because they're looking for you to feed them things. So the more you chase the discussion. So let's say we go back to the example of, hey, I really didn't like the way you spoke to me this morning. It was unprovoked and I really thought it was disrespectful. And then they respond Well, I'm under a lot of pressure and you don't even ask about what's going on with me at work. That whole you don't even ask about what's going on with me at work. That right there, it's sprinkled in there for you to take the bait, right? Because you want to argue, you want to be defensive and your, your gut reaction is, no, I'm a caring person. How can you think that I'm uncaring? So now I have to prove to you that I am caring. What about all those, those days that I, I did this and I did that and they really don't care. The whole purpose is to get you emotional. They know that you're a caring person, but they're not looking to take accountability. So they're going to blame you for them not being caring. Okay. Because the original issue was them speaking to you inappropriately. Right. And so if they can make you feel or doubt yourself, then they won. Now you're emotional and now you're feeling bad and guilty. And now you're going to apologize to them. All right. So this is how manipulation works. So it's really getting grounded and really staying focused on the task. Listen, if you stay focused on the task, then you can always say, hey, if you think that I don't care about what's going on, with your job, then that's a situation or a discussion that you probably needed to bring up on your own. But right now you're infringing on my time. I brought this up, you know, so if you felt that way, you should have brought it up. Uh, But you know, right now we need to deal with this. Or you could say it in any way that feels comfortable 
to you. But stay focused. Don't let them take you off track. Don't let them make this about them. Let's stay focused to how they made you feel. And, you know, sometimes you're not going to get closure. You're not going to get them to say, oh, you're right. Um, I should have, you know, did this. It's more about you being in control of you and stepping up and being assertive. So not really controlling how they receive the information. All right. Number three is be prepared to exit with grace. If there is no agreement to remedy whatever the issue is, and there's just a a whole bunch of, you know, uh, attempts to throw out bait and never take accountability, then you might just have to say, well, I wanted to express that to you. And that is, you know, if, if this happens again, then I am going to X, Y, and Z, whatever the boundary is. Or I'm not going to tolerate you to continue to speak to me this way and exit with grace. So leave the conversation. You no longer have to stay there and continuously go back and forth. You can decide to, you know, sit silently without, you know, going back and forth or you can leave the area. Hey, you know, I got to do some errands. Um, we can pick this up when I come back. Um, but give yourself some some space. Number four is maintain Boundaries by not engaging, not reacting, not pleading, begging, defending, looking to resolve the problem. You know, this will reinforce their control. If you did any of those tactics, that's what they want you to do. So you have to disengage and gray rock. There's a technique called gray rocking, which like a gray rock, you know, it a gray rock does nothing. It just sits there. It's non-reactive. Um, no matter how many insults are, you know, thrown on or how many baits are thrown out, it's not engaging. Okay. Because you're, you're saying, Hey, I will not engage in inappropriate and toxic behavior. So you get to choose what you add to that um, dynamic. And so gray rocking means that you're not adding at all. You you're not going to argue. You're not going to curse, call names. You're not going to engage. You're not going to defend. You're not going to plead. You're not going to beg. You're not doing any of that. All right. Hey, this is what I'm asking for. And this is what I need. And this is how I felt about it. And it's very matter of fact. It's without emotion because we, again, are emotionally detached. Number five is affirm yourself. This is not an easy technique. And if you're used to um, wanting resolutions right then if you're used to wanting um, things smoothed over if you're used to wanting closure then um, this is going to feel a little upsetting it's going to feel triggering Um, so what you have to do is love on yourself affirm yourself through this entire process hey I'm doing the best I can in this situation. I am figuring out a way to survive very toxic situation. I am worthy. I am um, deserving of love. I am not asking for anything unreasonable. I am deserving of respect. I am a good person. Affirm yourself, okay? And not looking for the validation of your partner because again, their goal is to manipulate you, to bring you down a notch, to devalue you. So this is very important that you affirm yourself and know your worth through this whole process. All right, so in conclusion, setting boundaries is going to be tough at first because it's a new skill. It's not something that you're completely comfortable with. It may feel completely foreign to you. 
You may feel like you're doing something wrong. You, you may feel like, you know, this is just not comfortable, but I promise it will get easier with practice. No one is entitled to your time, attention, resources, or kind acts. These are things that you should be selective about. And when you are being mistreated, you should reevaluate whether you want to maintain that relationship. And if so, how the boundaries will be enforced by you. Until next time, enjoy your day on purpose. If you have found this episode helpful, help us grow our audience. By providing us with a five-star review, you help make this podcast visible to others. Help pull others out of a dark space by showing that you care, by sharing this podcast with them. Nothing is better than a friend or loved one who wants you to up-level your life with them. Thanks for tuning in.